Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce, and that would be me. This is the show where we focus on transitions. Some of us go kicking and screaming as we experience our transitions. But usually there is a wonderful gift on the other side of making that, that journey. My guests have all transitioned through change and prospered with their change. Their lives are more abundant today because of now they're living most of them in their with their passions are wanting to really create a new future. They share their journeys to help you support, to support you as you create your dreams. So pull up a chair, get your favorite cup of coffee or drink, sit back and listen to what my guest is going to share with you today. I'm going to share a few facts about what we're going to be talking about today because I think we all will recognize that the journey that most Americans are going through with our body weight is a disaster. We're in a mess as a civilization that are that's fighting every day with obesity and overweight. I'm going to talk to you first up just to give you a base that there was a Gallup Healthways Wellbeing Index and a study that was done. And this index that they worked with what shows that 63.1% of adults in the U.S. were either overweight or obese. And this was in 2009, so this, this is kind of history here. So then I was curious, and I said, well, tell me, what is obese compared to what is just being overweight, which we've gotten to be, say, so, you know, oh, it's I'm just a little overweight. Yeah, that's what we hear a lot of times. Both overweight and obesity imply a condition of excessive weight of a person Now, being overweight means having more body weight than is considered normal or healthy for one's age or body build. On the other hand, when we're talking about obesity, that's a condition of being excessive body fat with the body mass index of over 30 now, you all say, well, I don't know how to do the body. What is, what is that? Well, you know, Google 
go to Google and find out, and you they'll tell you online how to measure your body mass index. You'll compare your height, your weight, all that, so that you can become informed about your body. Some of us may have some surprises. I know I'm going to do this, and I'm a um, but these are the numbers you want to compare when you're doing that. These are the numbers you'll be looking for. If you are a person that is body weight mass of over 30, then you are considered to be obese. And then if you're a body person of 25 to 29.9, you're considered to be overweight. So anything under 25 would be a normal weight person. So it gives you some sort of guidelines. But this this index findings, the, the basis was based on telephone interviews with 673,000 adults in January 2008 to December 2009. About 90,000 surveys were done each quarter. So this is how they gathered their information. And the findings are from this survey. 59.2% of obese Americans exercised at least one day per week. So, that you know, they think they were doing their share. They've exercised one day. Compared to, now we're going to compare them to an overweight person, which was 69.9% of overweight. And then compared to a normal weight person, 73.8%. That's the comparison of exercise done. So you can see that the obese person did exercise one day, but she still, he, she still falls below what the normal weight person would do. Obese people are less likely than people in every other weight category to have eaten. The key is eating as well. Eaten five serving each day of fruits and vegetables on at least three days of the past seven. So as you're sitting there thinking about this, okay, in the last week, did I eat five fruits or vegetables each day? And did I do that for at least three days of the past seven? And that would be just marginally getting by. So here's a breakdown of groups that ate the recommended findings. And this is how they compare. They ate the fruits and vegetables, five servings per day for three to seven days per week. 71.6% of normal weight people do this on a regular basis. 69% of underweight people do this. 68.8% of overweight people do this. And the obese category, 67.2%. So, people who are obese, this is the reason it's so important that you listen to this. And you may say, oh, I'm not even close to being obese. But you're not going to know until you do the BMI, the body weight uh, index, 
which you'll go to Google and find out how to do that. You're not going to know that until you know that you are not over 30 in that, that scale. And if you're overweight, you're between 25 and 29.9. And if you're normal, it's 18.5 to 24.9. Now, you can find all of this information. But the reason that I'm stressing this today is because of our awesome guest that's going to be with us. Because she knows, and I have learned this morning, that the importance of knowing where you fall on the body mass index tells you if you are an obese person, you have high risk of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, or of course, heart attacks. All of this shortening the quality of your life and the length of your life for sure. So my awesome guest today is very knowledgeable in all of this. So we will be meeting Leslie Thornton. She is living her passion. She leaving the profession as a nurse, now turned coach. She helps clients find their way out of food prison. She describes herself as highly addicted to food at one time in her life. And that was her transition, I'll bet you. So in 2011, Leslie found herself fat, unhappy, unhealthy, and absolutely at the end of her rope with dieting, which I think she tried several, and exercising. Leslie learned how to ditch her fat thoughts so that she could lose weight for good. So committed to helping others, as I say, she left her profession as a nurse to follow her heart's calling to support others out of their food prisons. So I welcome today, Leslie. Welcome, Leslie. Hi, Joey. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm delighted you're here. I, <laughs> those are pretty some pretty serious facts and figures I was tossing out there. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. We can't go to the mall anymore without seeing so many really, really obese people. I know, you know it's absolutely a huge issue, and I think that's what really gets highlighted with all of those facts is the fact that there is a huge problem with food and weight in our society. Um, and the only problem that I find with, with continuing to talk about those facts is that I think that it helps encourage people to stay in that fear zone of, mm. oh, if I, if I don't get my act straight together with my food and my exercise and my diet, I'm going to mm-hmm. die. I'm going to get diabetes. I'm going to have heart issues and these kinds of things. And uh, me being somebody who used to be in food prisons, those kinds of things actually would make the stress level even higher mm-hmm. and cause me to fail even more. So I just wanted to, you know, point out to the listeners just, you know, it's good to know those facts and to understand that this is an issue, but to also just know that you're not alone and that it's not your fault that you're having issues with food and there is a way to feel better and kind of move into this how do I do this and where is the way to change this into the positive instead of all the the fear stuff right 
Yeah. yeah thank you for well, for talking about that. Yeah. Well, we're going to we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, you you're going we're going to really start talking about your story. How you made your transition from food prison, as you call it, into uh, uh, a life full of fun and joy, and you've really refocused your life and sharing it with so many people. So we're going to take a brief uh, intermission here, and we will be back. So. We'll be talking later in a minute. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon Central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I dot com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome. We are talking today with Leslie Thornton, who is a is a nurse who has shifted her focus a bit into helping people through coaching. But her primary uh, topic is weight. So welcome, Leslie, as we kind of briefly did earlier. Um, but tell us, if you will, um, I was curious about 
your story because we all have a story, right? Where we get moved through our pain and into happiness and fulfillment. So how, how did, what was your experience and what was your major change? Mm, Yeah. So ever since I was eight years old, I found myself highly, I would consider it addicted to especially Mm -hmm. sugar. Um, I think it's just a fact that some people in life are, have this crazy fixation for sugar. Sometimes it's flour, sometimes it's salt. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's not very important to know why. It's just a fact. Some of us yeah. struggle with that more than others. And so I was made uh, very early aware by my mother, who also was kind of obese as a child. I was never obese, but she saw signs of me being a little bit more out of control than my sisters with my eating. I specifically Mm -hmm. remember one Sunday morning, there was a box of munchkin donuts on the table, and my Mm -hmm. sister had to tell on me because I was eating too many munchkins. (laughs) And I specifically remember not being able to stop, and she had to physically take them away from me, and it felt like, oh, don't take that away from me. And so yeah. that, you know, my struggle began that early on. And, um, you know, my mom, she bless her heart, she was trying to prevent me from being made fun of for being a chubby child the way she was. You know, she taught mm-hmm. me about portion control. She taught me about calories. Um, by fourth grade, I was drinking Slim Fast Shakes for breakfast. Uh, by eighth grade, I was on Weight Watchers and lost 10 pounds and loved the way I looked and felt so happy and free and (laughs) thought, you know, mom, never let me, you know, overeat again. This is so much more worth it. And then comes high school and there's new vending machines and there's strawberry shortcake pops (laughs) and little Debbie cream pies and, oh, it's only a dollar. And so again, like the roller coaster continues and and then I want to diet again. So Atkins and low carb and South Beach and salads and everything. You know, I was exercising, I was doing everything I could, um, went to college and became a personal trainer and actually enjoyed that learning about, you know, fitness and how to train people in that way. Um, and Mm -hmm. I actually was at the lowest weight I ever have been in my life. I was 108 pounds and feeling great. And I actually, you know, I went back home for vacation and my dad said, don't you think you look a little too thin now, Les, and it was oh, just like, no. ah, like, I just want to throw in the towel, because it's like, no matter what I do, I can't please you people, and so, you know, it's like, that was the battle, and my senior year of college, I actually got the opportunity to study abroad in Mexico, and uh-huh. while I was there, I kind of, when I first got there, started looking around, and I was like, hey, I don't know any of these people, none of these people know me, none of these people can judge me, because my family, both on both sides of my family, were pretty judgmental of weight like that would seem to be the first thing that they would comment on whenever they saw you oh you look good or oh and then they talk behind your back a little oh Leslie looks a little like she's gaining weight so it's just hmm? would they say if you put on weight you put on a little weight honey well not in front of my face which is almost worth it one time I caught my grandmother saying it kind of in private to my parents and I heard overheard her saying that so it's even worse Oh no. So yes. anyway, when I was in when I was in Mexico, it was like, oh, it's all gone. These these people don't know how I eat. These people don't know my my baseline, so I let myself go. I let myself eat all the delicious authentic Mexican food <laughs> and just indulge and not deprive myself and it felt like the most freeing thing I could ever imagine to just not have to always feel like I had to control myself. 
and right. to let go of the guilt of eating too much and let go of the guilt of not going to the gym and all of these kinds of things that just oh, take over your entire mind. And so needless to say, I came back from Mexico 30 pounds overweight and considered uh. myself to be fat and happy. And I was, I was not going to take <laughs> any other way of living after that. I said, you know, this is way better than before when I would tell myself, no, I couldn't all the time. So I came back to the U.S. It was hard for my parents to see me like that and to be making, you know, these big breakfasts of beans and rice and eggs for <laughs> breakfast. They're like, what? This can't be healthy. And I'm like, I don't care. This is what I want to eat, whatever. And, you know, slowly, it's probably six months that I had been back in the U.S. And I finally started to really just feel bad again. It was like it, like you're talking about in the beginning of the show with the fact that there's all of these health issues that come around. You know, my digestive health was not great. Uh, yes. I had acid reflux. And I overall just did not feel confident and comfortable in my clothes and in my body. And that I specifically remember being my senior year in college and just feeling like, the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of pits of I can't believe I have to deal with this dieting thing again. I can't mm, believe it. Mm, and I actually yeah. contacted the school therapist because I was like, I didn't know what to do. I was at my wit's end. Mm -hmm. So I went to her and she kind of gave me some words of advice, but, you know, kind of informed me that there's not enough time to work on how long this is going to take and, you know, kind of sent me on my way with some well wishes and I graduated <sighs> Drove cross country with my friend, was still kind of exploring it, downloaded the apps of the calorie counters and the whatever, yeah, and I started yeah. running again and the whole thing. And, you know, the universe, you know, when you finally surrender and say, you know, I, I'm either going to be fat and happy forever or I'm going to figure this stuff out. You know, there's those people in the world who can eat to live just for to keep their bodies alive. How come I have to live to eat? Right. I am so fixated on the food and all this kind of stuff. And I kind of put that out there. And all of a sudden, I found out how to break free from food prisons. I went to the public library one day, and I found a book on hypnosis. And I ended up experiencing hypnosis and learning about the subconscious mind. And I was skeptical as anything. I was like, <laughs> what is this garbage? But when you're so desperate for something, you'll try anything. Right. So yeah. I tried the hypnosis and I listened to it before bed and uh -huh. I woke up the next day and normally what would happen was, you know, when I wake up, the first thing that would motivate me out of bed, this is so bad, was what am I going to have for breakfast? Yeah. Um, what's going to get me going? And uh, normally foods would be calling my name, you know, like I felt this energetic pull to the cupboard all the time, like, and I couldn't <laughs> control myself. I'd be at buffets, right. I'd be at parties, and I felt so much anxiety because there's all this food, and I don't want to look like a pig, but I want to eat it all, and I want to make sure it's not going to be gone before I get exactly how much I want. All these crazy, crazy thoughts, but they were so real. And mm -hmm. I know now with the work that I do that I'm not alone in that, that everybody, yeah. so many people experience those feelings, but there's this shame around that because right. it's like, I don't, I can't be seen as this person who can't control themselves. And mm -hmm. like these thoughts that I have about food and my weight and exercise and dieting that go through my head all day, every day, I, it's so embarrassing, like, cause there mm -hmm. has to be something else. So my, part of my work is to clear the shame that this, shouldn't exist because the fact is and the reason why the statistics are so piling up and monumental as they are is because this is real and it's happening to so many people 
Right. So anyway, well, so this morning I was, after the hip, you know, go ahead. I have, <laughs> I have experienced this myself. When you're at a party and there's a buffet there, and so you want to go over and have the buffet. But there's this little voice inside that says, oh, I'm wondering if somebody's watching me take this dessert. Yes. And they're yep. saying something like, why is she having another dessert? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not so much that anybody has time to spend that much the time thinking about anybody else. We don't normally. <laughs> it's a us that's sending all those messages or the mother that was always in our past sending those messages. Not so much the people at the party, but it really is a serious uh, issue that we have to address, which I know you address through your hypnosis work, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I just want to comment on that, that the only people who are noticing you're taking a second dessert also have an issue with food. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't notice because they're probably wishing they could have a second dessert too, or they're telling themselves no, or they used to be like that. So or that's the only people it, who are going to notice. Yep. Are they using it as justification so they can have another dessert? Right, exactly. That's that's the truth of that matter. (laughs) And I would say there's probably more than 50% of the people at a party are going to have an issue with food. That's my thought about it. So anyway, I wake up the next day after experiencing the hypnosis, and I felt like this crazy calm over my body. I felt like I didn't need to think about what food was going to motivate me out of bed. I felt at peace. I felt like in control of myself and I was very confused and like very weirded out by the fact that I felt this way because it never had since I was eight years old. Um, and so I kind of continued throughout my day kind of in this weird like trance like feeling like, you know, what the heck is happening? I can't believe that something happened last night. And, and, you know, and from then on, I just got so immersed in what is the subconscious mind? I can't believe that I just controlled my thoughts, right. um, realizing that I'm not my thoughts, that I'm not my beliefs, and I have the ability to change them. And so, therefore, that means that if I can escape food prison, what else can I do? What else can I right. control in my life? And it just spiraled from there and yeah. became this amazing journey. And yeah, I eventually I went back to nursing and eventually saw my patients suffering from these chronic diseases that were caused by these poor lifestyle habits. And I said, I can't, I can't. I was, I was in a meditation one day. I was hating my job and I actually um, got guidance that I needed to leave and I needed to start doing this work because it was so important to spread the word that these people aren't alone and there is a way to feel better about this issue. Yeah. Well, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the specifics and some of the reasons that things happened as they did in your life and how people very similar have gone through very similar things because we're not that really different from each other. So when we come back after the break, we'll be talking more about some of that subconscious stuff that goes on. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. It's words you never heard. Well, the U.S. sure has experienced torrential thunderstorms, lightning, and flooding recently. 
Thunderstorms, otherwise known as cockeyed bobs, can be pretty scary. What's the fear of thunder and lightning called? Astrophobia. Years ago, Roy Sullivan, a Virginia Park Ranger, was struck by lightning seven different times and lived to tell about it. Lightning struck his head through his hat, set his hair on fire, and burned his eyebrows off. The current from the lightning traveled through both legs and blew his shoes off. The final lightning bolt hit him while fishing, and he was hospitalized for chest and stomach burns. Believe it or not, Roy Sullivan managed to recover from seven lightning strikes, but later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as a result of loneliness, otherwise known as azagaphrenia. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener, every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on this radio network. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We're talking today with Leslie Thornton, a coach um, helping women address their food addictions. And you, you probably have some men too. But... It's so common, and you know, as I was listening to her, I could relate in several different areas about wanting, you know, thinking about the food, all of this other. So it's so common. Our relationship with com- with food is so, <laughs> for some people that are on the same path, it's very similar. We don't have many issues that are different, but she found a tool that helped her transition through her addiction to food. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that, Leslie. And that's called hypnosis, right? How did how that's were right. you introduced to hypnosis? Yep, so I found a book on it in the library uh-huh. when I was living in San Francisco for six months, crashing on my sister's couch. <laughs> oh, fun. Well, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you have to be young to crash on a couch. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very nice couch, Joyce. Okay. Nice. <laughs> okay, that's good. Well, all right, but I, I do know that you were a nurse. So where did the nursing come in in, in relation on your, on your journey? Mm. Were you so already I a nurse? Nursing. I had finished nursing school. 
okay. right before I drove cross country and because I wasn't ready to start my nursing job. To me, starting oh, okay. that nursing job felt like it was the most constricting thing ever. It was like, <laughs> I can't just settle now. I can't just, I finished college and now I'm just supposed to work a regular job and buy a house and get married and have kids. And that was never like the destined, amazing dream path that I had imagined for myself. So I kind of, nice. my friend said she was driving cross country and did I want to come with her? And that seems like the perfect idea. So I went <laughs> and fled the state of New York and headed out to oh. California. Oh. Yeah. So I studied for my nursing exam while I was in San Francisco Yes. And had been looking for nursing jobs out that way uh, and was unsuccessful in doing that and found that it was much easier to get a nursing job back in Albany, New York, where I'm from. So I mm -hmm. ended up coming back and started my career there. Oh, okay. And then you found your the book that you started exploring, Hypnosis. Well, the book was actually out in San Francisco, so it was but it traveled the time back that I was studying. <laughs> Yes, okay. I actually yeah. remember that uh, as I was leaving San Francisco, heading back to Albany, I had this feeling that um, what I had learned while I was in San Francisco, it was really a spiritual growing time for me that mm -hmm. I, I wanted to share it with the amazing progressive community of California, but that Albany needed it more right now, and I'd be back for California later. So I mm -hmm. really felt that I was bringing all of the things I had learned and the way of being back to this side of the country. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Now, you know, you realized that there was something that needed to shift internally in you, and I am so in agreement that it all starts in the subconscious. So tell us about how hypnosis works with this subconscious. Yeah, so the subconscious mind is an amazing, crazy thing. 95% of the results that we get in life depends on what beliefs and thoughts are going on in the subconscious mind. And mm -hmm. the subconscious mind is developed in the first zero to 10 years, about 10 years of our lives. Some people say seven, some people say 14. doesn't really matter. It's very early on. So if you think about how you think when you're very young, it's very mm -hmm. black and white. It's very much making associations. So you see mom doing, you know, watching her weight. And so now it's, I need to watch my weight. It's very, it's just, it becomes and neural pathways grow in your brain and they become ingrained in there. And that equals your entire belief system, which ends when you're so young. And unless you know how to go back in there and reaccess this part of your brain that controls everything that you're actually seeing happen in your life, you're going to keep getting the same results over and over and over again in your life. Which and is so the reason the way, so many people go on diets, right? And they just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Absolutely. So hypnosis, yeah. sometimes people look as like, ooh, it's this weird thing, and I don't believe in it. But the truth is we've all been hypnotized our entire lives. Television is a form of hypnosis. Anytime yes. you get in that trance state where you kind of forget what's you know going on, you miss your exit, whatever, it's because you're in that subconscious mind stage and anything that's coming in. So, yeah, the messages that you receive through the television, through the magazines, from your mom and dad, that becomes who you are now. Well, and I'm so, amazed at, mm -hmm. I have to tell you about one because I know everybody's aware of it, but maybe they're not aware of it. Do you realize how much food they advertise in the evenings? There is food all over the place. And I have seen myself be uh, 
under the spell, so to say, that when they, I go, when we see a commercial, I go, oh, yeah, I could, yeah, I could have something to eat. And I get mm-hmm. up and go to the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. What's that about? And that's that exactly what they want. They want you to head <laughs> out and go to Taco Bell or Wendy's or whatever you have down there in Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as possible. So, yes, uh, yeah. it's tricky it's very tricky because so unless you're aware of that and you're being you have to kind of be the own your own bodyguard of what comes into your mind after a certain point because that's so powerful and that will drive you to fail over and over again Mm -hmm. so with hypnosis what we do is we get you to that trance-like state we're just and it's like it feels exactly like guided meditation Um, Mm -hmm. you're just getting so relaxed your body is letting go of all tension, all of these kinds of things. And then we start to introduce to the subconscious mind that only hears things in the positive. So, so often we know exactly what we don't want. We don't want to gain weight. We don't want to eat sweets. We don't want to eat carbs. We don't want to uh, fall off our diets. We don't want to be obese and fat and unhealthy. Uh, but we never, we very rarely focus on what we would rather happen instead. So we paint this picture because the subconscious mind is your imagination. So when Mm -hmm. we're in this place that we're so relaxed, we get to tell the unconscious mind, the subconscious mind, what it should look at instead of what it's been looking at for so long. So I would like a lean, strong, and healthy body. Uh, Watch Mm. me as I choose these healthy vegetables and fruits all day, easily and effortlessly, Uh, no longer deprived, have everything in abundance just by working on my mindset. So, and it's amazing the power that happens when, when you let go of the fear thoughts, kind of like I was saying in the beginning, like yes. all the statistics that keeps you in that fear zone and reprograms and recreates new neural pathways in your mind uh, for what you would rather have happen instead. And the same way, so there's the reticular activating system in the brain. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of the mind that if you go out to buy a black Toyota Camry, you're going to see black Toyota Camrys all over the place. Yeah. Um, and so once you start imagining what you'd like to see yourself lean, strong and healthy and all the fresh fruits and vegetables, you're going to start seeing them all over the place. And all of a sudden you're going to be like, why do I want that? You know, I have had a client who experienced one of the hypnosis that I did in a group. And she said, normally I would go home and I'd have you grab the bag of potato chips. She's like, I went home and cooked up Brussels sprouts. She was like, I can't believe it. (laughs) And it's just like the results are like that and as immediate as that all the time. Like my work feels like I am instilling magic (laughs) in the world. And I get so surprised and baffled myself, even though I understand the science behind why it works. Um, Mm -hmm. Dr. Joe Dispenza is one of my biggest inspirations. He's a neuroscientist and he talks about how, you know, the neural pathways are being created and how yes. it's possible to change everything about your life. And so why not start with food? It's one of the most primal things that we become so comforted by. It's the first thing we're comforted by when we're born. So mm-hmm. when we strip away the layers, that seems to be what we go to. So what happens when we get rid of that? And what does that open ourselves up to exploring in our own lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Why is it, Leslie, that we uh, we uh, are so drawn to food? What what does that play in our early childhood? Is it does it represent security or is it safety or comfort food or is there any yep. indicator in your studying that you know 
can reflect on that? I think your hypotheses of what it could be are spot on. Safety, ah. security, comfort, love. Love is a big one. Uh, yeah. Connection. Um, so many times when people are stuck in food prison like this, it's because they are unfulfilled. They are right. not connecting with people on this deep level. They are very loving human beings that want more for their lives and they can't, they're not finding it. Um, mm-hmm. And so we turn to food. So yes, it's these mm-hmm. subconscious messages, um, worthiness, deservingness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the main, um, main themes that go on in our subconscious minds all the time that will drive us to eat. Well, and is do it all sorts the actual- of other unhealthy stuff. Yeah, is it actually the food, or is it that the food releases a serotonin? You know, serotonin is so good for happiness and making you feel in your body. Is, is it the food, or is it that it the food releases something? Do you know? Mm, yep, so there's absolutely a physiological thing. I'm studying a lot about sugar and flour addiction right now, and um, this woman I'm studying from, she talks about how um, – even heroin and cocaine, they come from plants, and the plants on their own, if you ingest them, will not get you high. They will not affect you at all. But when mm. you grind them up and make them into a fine processed powder, they become mm-hmm. highly, highly addicting. So same mm. thing goes with sugar and flour. They come from plants. If you're to eat sugar cane on its own, you're not mm-hmm. going to feel that same amazing, soothing feeling that we feel when we eat a bowl of ice cream or eat a bunch of cookies or have a bunch of potato chips or whatever it is. Um, But once we grind those things up into a fine white powder, then we're highly addicted. So there's absolutely a physiological response that goes on as well. Um, But I think that that trigger comes from those beliefs going through where we start feeling bad because where our thoughts are becoming more shifted into that fear right. zone, into that negative zone about ourselves, about our lives, about what's going on. And then we know how to soothe it with that drug. And but the intro, the food. by the use of hypnosis, which you use, that helps change all of that. So when we come exactly. back, we're we'll tackling talk. those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll come back after this break and we can talk more about the hypnosis. And I want you to talk a little bit about <clears throat> your program and how people can get the benefit of working with you as a coach. So we'll be back shortly to talk more about with Leslie about uh, hypnosis and changing your body. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. It's that time of year when we are thinking about spring break and taking vacations. Some people panic because their vacation may not be conducive for keeping up their exercise. Remember, you start losing fitness or deconditioning in about two weeks if you stop exercise altogether. Once lost, it takes nearly three times as long to recondition as it took to detrain. If you need to reduce your training time for a couple of weeks, don't worry. You'll get back to your current fitness level pretty quickly when your schedule returns to normal. Just don't stop exercising altogether. I always tell my clients to be sure to pack their exercise clothes and shoes and to plan on exercising every day on vacation. No matter where you go, you can find time for a 30-minute walk or run. You may not be able to lift weights, but that's okay for a week or so. Just get back to your normal fitness routine as soon as you can. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Leslie Thornton is known as the wickedly wild weight winning coach and she has shared a lot of her information today wrapped around her journey with eating too much being in the food prison as she calls it and also how she found and got out of that prison by using hypnosis and now is using it in her coaching world so we were going to share a little bit more about your uh, website and how people can actually find you and and uh, you have a freebie that you want to share with us and all of that today. Yeah, sounds good. So in my experience, I learned best from working with people who have been through exactly what I have been through and who can kind of coach me and be with me every step of the way. I was never somebody who learned well from a textbook or um, from some kind of just listening or just reading. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, this this course that I have designed is created for people who also learn best by following somebody else's journey and learning that way. So mm-hmm. I do my Wickedly Wild Weight Winning course. Um, it's over five weeks. My next course starts March 17th. Um, and the way to access that uh, is www.com weightwin.instapage.com. And that's W-I-N, right? Yep, weightwin, yep. So it's W-E-I-G-H-T-W-I-N dot instapage is I-N-S-T-A-P-A-G-E dot com. And that has the information about the course there. I love connecting with people in general, and I love obviously talking about this topic and and helping people feel like they're not alone and free from food prison and all of these kinds of things. Um, I am on Facebook a large amount of the time. So if anybody mm-hmm. wants to just message me and just let me know that you listen to this and that you agree and you're inspired and you would like to know more or anything you want to share. I just love that. Um, so feel free to search for me um, under Leslie Thornton. I have a public page. You'll see my, I'm wearing a green shirt that's blonde hair. <laughs> you can go ahead and add me as a friend and send me a message that way. 
um, my free okay. gift. So I have a free five-minute meditation. And so that's lesliemthornton.com forward slash weight loss. That one's a lot easy. Les- easier. Leslie M. Thornton. And Thornton is T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N dot com forward slash weight loss. And Leslie is L-E-S-L-I-E and M is Murray. So those are ways to keep in touch. Um, the whole premise of my weight winning course, I've run it. This will be my third time running it this March. And honestly, I'm, I used to do it only just one-on-one and I uh, was working with individuals and then I moved it into this group thing and I couldn't be more pleased. I, you know, as you run these things, you're kind of like, Oh, like, is it going to be as effective with the group? It's mm-hmm. phenomenal. I can't even believe, like, I feel like it's even more transformational because not only do these women escape food prison, the empowerment that goes on, I have a private Facebook group for everyone who's involved and they get to share yes. their stories and they get yeah. to know that they're not alone and that everybody has these same issues mm-hmm. um, and support each other back and forth. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, right. So the first class is all about looking at the um, childhood messages that have led you to have the beliefs in your mind that you do now about food and your body and right. weight and exercise. So kind of becoming aware of those thoughts and realizing that they're not yours. And mm-hmm. then the second class is all about the hypnosis and how it works and how to uh, create what you would like to see have happen instead. And then everybody gets the recording of the hypnosis that's done on the call to listen over and over again because the subconscious mind needs to be strengthened. It needs that neural pathway to be strengthened um, mm-hmm. so that it continues to work for long term. And then yeah. the third course kind of moves into, and by that third course, everybody is, well, I would say 95% out of food prison. There are still wow. sometimes that people have a couple, like, yeah. and they, but mostly it's, a, everybody is saying, I can't believe it. You'll never guess what happened. Today I did this. Today this happened. Oh my God, what is this? And it's too hard to believe. And so it's, it's amazing. So from that point on, then it's like now people have all this free space to think about whatever they want now that they no longer need to think about food 24 seven. So now we get to learn about you. We get to learn what you like, what your purpose is, what your passion is, how to find those things, if they even exist. Mm -hmm. Um, and really move into that creative, juicy zone and just people are listening to the hypnosis in the background, you know, as they go to bed at night or when they wake up in the morning um, and still experiencing what they are with food, but now shifting the focus onto, hey, I can love myself now. I can can create. I can Mm -hmm. be peace and and spread the good stuff in life. And how do I want to do that? So it's really, it's, Oh God, it just fills me right up and I'm, I'm really happy to be doing another one. So the sign up for that is March 17th. Um, so okay. you'd have to sign up by more, March 16th. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Day one day. Uh, the thing, you know, the Facebook, uh, group is really valuable for those that have never done this before. For, because what happens in a Facebook group is that you commit, you, because of the sharing, you create the community, and then it's like it has its own life. It goes on even past the training because those people stay connected. They've created support for each other, and they really use that as their anchor, if you will, when they get tempted or if something should happen. Don't you find that, Leslie? 
Oh, absolutely. Like I was saying before, you know, one of the reasons why people end up stuck in shame with the food and stuff is because they think they're all alone. Right. Um, so it's amazing what happens when you realize, hey, not only am I not alone, but I can talk freely to these women or men. I haven't had a man in my weight winning course yet, but there's time. There's um, time. There's say, always hey, you, you see me and you still love me, even though yeah. I have this problem. And from well, that point, I can heal. Yeah, I want to read this one uh, from one of your cli- one of your clients, Elizabeth oh, is great. her name. It says she says Leslie's compassion and enthusiasm is contagious, which we can all tell. You, you're a little you're enthused girl, and so anyway, she's a great cheerleader, encouraging clients to reach their goals. Her meditations have helped me transform my relationship with food. It's now much easier to make healthy food. Choices and my cravings and intake for junk food has significantly decreased. And the best part, that part is effortless. I just listen to the meditations at night while falling asleep. The change has happened without me having to fight with my subconscious to do what I logically know is the healthiest thing to do. I'm very glad I found Leslie weight win mm. Isn't that that made nice? me that made me choke up a little bit. Thank you for finding <laughs> that and reading that. That's beautiful. Oh. Yep, that's exactly the results that my weight winners get. It's amazing and beautiful and everybody deserves to be free from that place because it feels awful and scary and lonely and weird and uh-huh. stressful and we don't need to be there, and that's that's my mission is to show people that they can get out of that place and start living the life that they really, truly deserve and want. Well, yeah, Leslie, another important part of uh, weight loss is the exercise. Do you address the exercise? Mm-hmm. Um, that always is people's next step. I don't recommend or really talk in this course too much about exercise because I think when you try to take on the baby and the bathtub at the same time, it can be a little overwhelming. Um, So at the end of the course, I offer for people to continue on and to work on other stuff like exercise and what am I going to do with my life now or how do I leave my job or how do I, you know, fix my relationships and these kinds of things because it all really relates and it all comes in. Right. Um, and it's all yeah. from the subconscious mind. So it's yeah. it's all all part of the game that we can pick apart together. Well, I do have a question, sort of a finishing question here. As a nurse, why did you feel compelled? Because we think of the nurse being the caregiver, you know, um, important part of the nursing profession in the hospitals. Uh, Why did you feel you wanted to move into coaching? Yeah. So I think, you know what, I would look around as a nurse and I was good at what I did. Um, Mm -hmm. I was, I was good at it, but I would look at some of my colleagues who had a personal experience with being in the hospital or having a sick family member or, um, you know, something that made them so that their heart was completely intertwined into their work. They mm-hmm. loved what they were doing. They wanted to be there every day. Um, I wanted my work to feel 
that good to me. And I mm-hmm. have been blessed and have not had experience being in the hospital or having a super sick family member or being sick myself. And my heart wasn't in the game. My heart was for these people who were addicted to food, yeah. um, who had these, yeah. the, the crazy desire to be extremely healthy and to be extremely well and were failing over and over again. Yeah. And so, you know, I had actually signed up to become a nurse practitioner. I was going to do mm-hmm. psych nurse practitioner mm-hmm. because I've always been into the mind, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I started that up, and actually one semester I signed up for the wrong course and messed up my entire schedule. So I had to drop this course, and, of course, I felt like, oh, my God, I messed everything up for myself <laughs> and whatever. What am I going to do now? But, you know, accidents don't happen for nothing, and, I, you know, thought about, you know, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? I don't even know if I want to do this. And I remembered that I had a friend whose mother was a life coach. She said, Leslie, don't let anyone ever tell you that you can't do what you love and make a good living at it. And so I said, okay, like, what is she doing? And I found out she was a life coach and I ended up signing up to become certified as a life coach. And um, I had worked with an excellent coach who um, I worked with her on what was yeah. I going to do for the rest of my life. And she said, what's your unique gift you can offer the world? And I said, I know about this hypnosis. It freed me from food prison. And she said, uh, that sounds pretty good. That's it. probably go with that. <laughs> well, Leslie, that is, you know, it's so interesting how we make our transitions and how they change our lives. So I thank you for sharing your transition with us today because I know it's going to change lives. And I appreciated that you were willing to come on and share that with the world as you do in your daily life through your coaching. So, you know, it's been Thank a you. And thank you for what you do, Joyce. Thank you so yeah. much. You're helping women in profound ways as well. Thank you. Thank you. We're so we'll be back together. next week so we can... It, experience more transition till next week for another edition of second wind through the joyce buford empowerment system women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength they receive the tools they need to map out new lives you can find out more about her coaching services and 